The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and I'm delighted to be back with you again for another week and really excited about today's show with Adrian Simpson. We're going to talk about 10 leadership behaviors from best-in-class organizations. Um, But before we talk to Adrian, I'd like to say a big thank you to my guest last week, Rob Holcroft, who really eloquently talked with me about engagement and overcoming obstacles. And it seemed that it was in Rob's blood. As it turns out, he was related to the British king, Henry VII, who defeated Richard III at the Battle of Bosworth. And if you live in the United Kingdom, you know Richard III's been in the media a lot this last week. Now, Rob made me really appreciate even more the power of constantly self-developing by learning lessons and stories from great people, which is what this show is all about. The more you do it, the more it helps program your own mind for greater success. Now, my guest today, Adrian Simpson, knows lots about success and best-in-class people. And I was introduced to him by a good friend of mine, Hilary Wilson, who was my guest on a very popular show about career success back in September 2012. And if the subject interests you, I would really recommend you check it out in the archive. So on today's show, we're going to talk about 10 key uh, behaviors, or at least some of them, that top leaders in best-in-class organizations demonstrate. We've talked about leadership on this show in many, sort of many times, um, but I'm not sure we've ever had anyone who's talked to more leaders from the highest performing companies in the world than Adrian. And what struck me, struck me about Adrian is that he really is a natural networker, a connector. He's got great curiosity and a, a real passion for connecting and learning from uh, and introducing people to amazing companies and individuals and best practices. Um, he runs study tours and events for, and has done that for almost two dec- decades, featuring some of the world's most admired and successful companies, leaders including um, companies and leaders including Apple, Google, NASA, Cisco, Bang & Olufsen. And speakers at his events he's organized have included no less than Al Gore, Kevin Spacey, Jamie Oliver, Bob Geldof, Tom Peters, Greg Dyke. I was kindly invited to one of his The Same Wavelength events a few weeks ago on service excellence, and we were treated to speeches from a senior vice president of Ritz-Carlton, the former HR director of LinkedIn, a senior executive from Southwest Airlines, and they're all speaking with just wonderful passion about service. And I could see what an incredible job um, Adrian and his partner and team are, are doing to introduce people to this kind of work. If you want to check... Uh, if you are or aspire to be or want to learn more about the behaviors of top leaders, then we're going to share all of that information today. I would recommend you take some notes 
And if you really enjoyed the show, that you share it with everybody you know, because um, they will thank you for it. So a big welcome to Adrian, who's just joined us from um, a fascinating trip to the United States. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Great to be, great to be here this afternoon. Excellent. Well, I've got to ask you really for a start, Adrian, about how your trip was to the USA. Oh, it was ama- yeah, it was amazing. I've just uh, did a two-week two week, um, road trip across the States. Uh, it took me from uh, Austin, Texas to uh, Portland, Oregon to San Francisco and Silicon Valley. And then finally, I flew back from LA last night, actually. So uh, just getting over the jet lag today. And um, yeah, I had, a, I had an amazing time uh, visiting some great companies over there like um, Airbnb and Tesla and Umqua Bank and also swung by Apple and LinkedIn down Silicon Valley and got a chance to uh, also meet an array of uh, Silicon Valley-based uh, thought leaders and entrepreneurs, which is uh, always great, highly stimulating, great food for thought. Uh, wonderful. I've only just started to, to learn a, bit, a little bit about Tesla. I saw one of their cars the other day and I thought, wow, what an amazing piece of kit. Um, yeah, it's, it's some of those business that you're meeting there, they're doing some incredible things. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Tesla, uh, you know, really from from, from inception to execution uh, are, are reinventing uh, uh, the way we think about cars. I mean, it's really a, a piece of software on wheels. I mean, they announced only last week that their latest software update uh, will enable uh, drivers to drive their cars driverless from uh, San Francisco to Seattle. So uh, in the great uh, battle for who will be first with driverless cars, Tesla are even in challenging Google on that now. Really? Uh, and, they, and they look beautiful as well, <laughs> which is good. So to, do you want to tell us a bit about um, you know, how you became so interested in world-class business and leadership? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to you to uh, when I was about 18 years old, my dad gave me uh, a Tom Peters uh, book called In Search of Excellence, um, which I remember devouring, and it just um, really struck a chord with me because what Tom talked about, uh, and I still really haven't found a better articulation of this, that, that was that companies that kind of get it, uh, that truly understand uh, what it's like to put the employees at the heart and soul of your organization and through that for them to deliver a world-class uh, service and, and innovation. And um, it really was a, a, it, it really resonated with me in a really sort of personal way. And then um, about uh, five or six years later than reading that book, I, I actually got a chance to go visit um, with Southwest Airlines in, in Dallas, Texas. And I still remember uh, what it was like to, to walk through, walk down the corridors and, uh, of this incredibly iconic organization and just see the, uh, the 40,000 pictures which adorn their walls of every party and every celebration in the company's history to witness uh, what they talk about, kind of their sort of hugs, not handshakes culture, and there was sort of a passion and an energy. And I remember just the, the tangible feeling uh, of walking in that organization was so profoundly different to, to, to any other company I'd been in before. Um, and it just really inspired me to think, actually, um, what it would be like to create opportunity for other leaders to experience uh, what I did at that very first visit with Southwest. And I believe you got the opportunity to work with Tom. I did, yeah, yeah. I I, I worked with his um, UK-based organisation um, at a university for about two and a half, three years, uh, where I primarily um, put him on stage uh, at events throughout Europe, and uh, also got involved in a little bit in, in, in researching some companies that he might feature in his in his newsletters and, and so forth. Excellent. You must have been kicking yourself from first reading that book, which is actually the first ever business book I read, and, and I remember that having a a profound effect on me as well. But uh, to to read that and study it and then find yourself uh, working alongside him and learning from him must have been uh, been wonderful. 
yeah, it was a real experience. It was a, it was a real privilege. There's, there's very few um, thinkers, I think, like Tom in the world. I think he's inspired a generation of sort of management gurus uh, since right up to the, to the Jim Collins of today. Certainly has. And do you, do you want to tell us a bit about the same wavelengths and what, what you do and, and where the idea for taking people you know, directly to meet these companies came from? Well, I think the, I mean, the idea really, I say, was inspired by that, that profound pers- first experience I had of what's it like to actually you know, walk down the corridors and shop floors of iconic companies and meet the people and see the physical environment. So I think it was really you know, the genesis of the idea goes back almost to those first days. In terms of what we do, um, we, we work with, with senior business leaders, um, entrepreneurs and social innovators from around the world, um, really to develop their, their knowledge, uh, their insights, um, their networks. And my job and that of one of my co-founding business partners is, is very much to really keep our eyes and ears open to who are the companies and the leaders at the fore of so practices like employee engagement, um, you know, how is it possible to really engage the hearts and minds of tens of thousands of employees, We're super interested in great service organizations, um, very interested in highly innovative companies, particularly these days, how is it possible to create step change business models, so not so much the incremental approaches, um, very, very interested in, in uh, disruption and, and, and uh, what, you know, the, the challenges the business is now facing in an ever fast-paced technological world. Uh, and also we're interested in, very interested in engaged by um, social innovation. How is it possible to both hardwire doing well and doing good into your heart, your organization, your DNA? And in the mix of that, we come across great stories of change and, and leadership. And what we do really as a business is, is essentially to curate that content for our clients to make it very easy for them to, to access these stories, whether it's coming, on us, coming with us on learning journeys to, uh, in June, we're taking 25 business leaders from around the world to Silicon Valley to visit with LinkedIn and with, with uh, Google and uh, with uh, IDEO. And, and, and we're taking them also inside Southwest Airlines and an amazing business called Umqua Bank out of Portland. Um, in September, we, we, we're taking some leaders uh, on an inside service excellence tour in Europe with Carlton and John Lewis and Peter Monje and so forth. And so, or we might uh, uh, run events where we bring speakers around the world to talk to our clients and they come along to those events and, and hear them speak in, in a highly anticipatory event. That's the sort of thing that, that we do. It's all based on a, on a belief that leaders learn best from leaders. And, and that is our approach is to find examples of great leaders around the world and enable our clients to connect with them. Yeah, it makes a makes a lot of sense and and in some respects I mean what you're doing and by people you know physically going to those environments is they're experiencing it for themselves which I think is quite hard to do in in a classroom yeah and, it, and I think it also um Chris I think it, it does it, it, it's 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 reality-based learning, <laughs> I think, is the expression a client wants to use, which is, you know, this is, this is real. So there is no filter between, you know, what, what, what we say and what we're showing you. You know, I think, and there isn't just this, also it's the emotional connection. There is something quite magical about um, going down the corridor of a company and sees how it uses its physical environment brilliantly to bring to life what it does, what it stands for, its vision, its values, or you sit in a... Uh, a, a hotel uh, around the world, like a Ritz Carlton, and you get a chance to to talk to they, they, the uh, Ritz Carlton talk about ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, and ladies and gentlemen they're referring to as their employees, and it's just fantastic to sit with a, an employee from a Ritz Carlton hotel and really hear the passion in their voice and hear the stories of how they've you know gone with the, the extra mile to, to delight and wow a customer, and there's no there's nothing quite as powerful for me for those this really real experiential in the moment warts and all learning experiences that you can get from those kind of learning journeys 
And also doing it, I think also your thing is if you get out of your business and do it with a group of leaders from outside of your industry, outside of your sector, um, you can learn a great deal from the, from the, from the conversations, from the, the people you're with. Because the way in which you interpret um, learning, I think it could be profoundly influenced by the company that you work for. And sometimes, uh, you know, if you, if you go into an organization with a group of leaders from different sectors, you can learn a great, from them, a great deal from them as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was uh, I think it was Ritz Carlton when I was at your event where it was a statement: uh, happy happy employees equals happy customers equals lots of money. And I, I just thought that was a really wonderful thing to remember in terms of you know what what you know one of the reasons why we should look after people uh, and create those environments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I I think it's you know I think it's it's a lot of. Um, uh, companies talk about uh, you know customer first, customer first. We want to be a people first culture, and I'm not absolutely sure that that, that sorry, customer first. Sorry, that companies talk about being customer first. In fact, I think you have to be people first to be customer first. That you know, it's, it, unless you really make your employees the, the 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 focus of your organization, really engage in the hearts of their minds, really making sure they're engaged and inspired every day. You really isn't a hope that they're going to deliver, um, you know, great service to clients on a sustainable basis. So I think, uh, you know, whether it's Ritz Carlton or Southwest Airlines has a very, very similar sort of philosophy. You know, it's people, then it's service, then it's profit. Mm-hmm. So let's go move on and chat about the the ten behaviours, and I'll, I'll ask about some of them. I'm not sure they'll manage to cover all of them <laughs> today. Um, but, but when we first chatted, I remember the first one you said was to create a clear and great leaders create a clear and compelling purpose and I wonder you know how how do world-class leaders do that and do you have some examples that you could maybe share yeah sure I mean I think you know the, the fundamental point here I think is that is that people need a reason to get out of bed in the morning that's more than more than about just making money or shareholder value and uh, leaders in great companies really tap into this uh, to create a kind of ennobling in- purpose, inspiring purpose that, that really is a, a rallying call to the employees every day as to why they should uh, get out of bed and, and do the extra mile for their, for their customers and their colleagues. Um, you know, I think a couple of examples come to mind. Uh, so IKEA, uh, the, the worldwide uh, furniture retailer, you know, they talk about their ennobling purposes to, to create a better everyday life for the ordinary person. And they genuinely believe that providing the world with high quality, um, really well designed, low cost furniture is a good thing for the world because people can, you know, just feel good about themselves, can organize their stuff in a, at home in a more effective way and live in sort of nicely designed, you know, f- environments that IKEA enable through, through the work that they do. Um, Similarly, uh, Herb Gallagher, the sort of iconic, legendary founder of Southwest Airlines, um, talks about you know the ennobling purpose of Southwest Airlines as you know, freedom to fly. And and what the point here is is that because Southwest Airlines exists, because they enable people to fly short haul, frequently at low cost, people can do things they couldn't do before they existed. So whether you're a student who's able to travel home at the weekend to see your family or whether you choose to, to, to live in Houston but you can work in Dallas, um, or whether you can go to you know, an important family occasion like a funeral or a, a grandmother's birthday or whatever the occasion is, they, you could, they, could, they can do that because Southwest Airlines exists and gives people that freedom to fly. And so it's real clarity. You know, I mean, a third example could be you know, um, Professor Muhammad Yunus, uh, the, the founding entrepreneur between the, uh, of, of the iconic Grameen Bank, 
in Bangladesh, you know, who talks about the, the, per, the, the vision to, to put poverty into the poverty museum. Uh, you know, you think about the, how, how, in, how sort of inspiring and ennobling those purposes are, you know, and they really are what get the, the people that work for these organizations out of bed in the morning. Well, I love the, you know, the freedom to fly is not only a really great message to customers, but it's a great message to employees, isn't it? In terms of the organization, it's culture, if it can help you, you know, fly and achieve your dreams within it. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's a, there's a great video, I know I'm not sure it's still, still available, but they, 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 they made a number of years ago at Southwest. It just brought to life this, you know, what is it, what, what's, what is your role? And, 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 and Herb's message to the, to, the, to the people who work from Southwest Airlines was, you know, whether you're a, a ramp agent, you know, throwing bags onto an aeroplane in 90 degrees heat or you're a service agent, you know, dealing with a stressed out customer who might be light, late, late for a plane. Um, you know, the fact that you, you, you do your job at the productivity levels that you do, that you do it every day with a smile on your face enables them to operate at a level of efficiency that no other airline operates at, which enables them to, 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 to offer uh, low prices and great service and, 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 and get, let people this, this freedom to fly. Mm. Yeah, so that, so that, um, yeah, I like the bit about you, you know, people, people smiling and enjoying their work, and uh, because so often, you know, you go into, uh, I've been into, and I'm sure you have as well, been to an airline kind of help desk, and <laughs> <laughs> you meet somebody, she's just looking at her nails and chatting to the person next to, and you might not even be standing there. Uh, Absolutely, I think it was one of the was it Scandinavian Airlines who who. Uh, did some research and realized that their people at the desks were one of the key problems that they faced. They had internally focused people dealing with customers, so they they completely shifted their workforce around and put the externally focused ones with the customer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's what you need to do. I mean, I think you know there was a, there was somebody. Uh, I think it was um, you know, to that point, Chris. I I um, I uh, heard a great. Um, uh, question once answered by Nordstrom, the you know, the Nordstrom retailer in America, um, and there was a, um, uh, a lady in the audience asked one of the Nordstrom executives. You know, her point was, she said, you know, sir, you know, your people are amazing. They're always happy. They're always smiling. You know, please, please tell me who trained your people. And his answer was simple, madam, their parents. And uh, his his point was, we hire people who like people. And, uh, you know, if you don't like people, um, then you shouldn't put, you certainly shouldn't hire people that don't like people and then put them into a customer facing situation, you know, because there are people out there who just don't like interacting with people all the time. And, you know, if you, you as, an, as an organization, as a leader, you know, it's your job to really, you know, hire the, those people uh, that like people and put them in customer facing situations. And the, if you've got those that don't, move them out of there and put them in a, in a, in a different role or perhaps don't hire them at all. Absolutely. Well, we're going to go to commercial break now, but after the break, we've got lots more uh, coming. We've got uh, going to look at seven or eight other key points, and I know there's some real nuggets of uh, wisdom that we're going to talk about. So do join us again after the break, uh, and we'll speak to you again in just a couple of minutes. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. 
Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Adrian Simpson. We're talking about 10 leadership behaviors from best class organizations. And um, Adrian, when we we're chatting and planning the show. The next example you gave me, or the next point, was that world-class leaders take a bold stance on innovation. Uh, do you want to share what uh, what you mean by that and and some examples? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think um, you know, just there was a there was a great quote uh, I heard um, to really put this 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 point into context, which was from Mark Andreessen, um, who's one of the co-founding partners of Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, perhaps the the most successful uh, venture capital firm um, in the world right now, operating in Silicon Valley, and uh, Mark Andreessen said, um, "Software is eating the world." Um, and his point here is that there is simply now no sector that is immune from the incredible um, disruption that technology is bringing about. That the access to technology now has never been at a lower cost. You can access, you know, cloud-based computing at cost points that was never people couldn't have dreamed of years ago, which is making the barriers to entry for, for, for new companies incredibly low. And certainly if you just think about, you know, whether it's transportation with the sort of like, you know, the Ubers who are taking on sort of, you know, the, 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 the taxi industry or whether it's zip cars enabling people to have access to a car when they want it or how they want it. Um, or where you think about so LinkedIn, you know, who have completely disrupted the uh, the, the, the professional recruitment space, um, you know, or, or perhaps my favourite example, you know, is is Airbnb. Um, I, I was reading a, a slide again just to put this innovation point in the context um, the other day that said you look at the the history of the of Airbnb versus intercontinental ho- intercontinental hotels. You know, Airbnb's been going six years, uh, intercontinental hotel sixty three years. Um, Airbnb now have a million rooms. Intercontinental Hotel have 650,000 rooms. You know, Airbnb have no inventory. Um, Intercontinental Hotels have, owns all its property and has 120,000 employees. Um, Intercontinental Hotels market cap is about 10 billion. 
Airbnbs is 20 billion. Uh, you know, so in six mm. years, a company has over, you know, it, by pretty much any criteria, overtaken the incumbent player. Um, and so, you know, when faced with that kind of um, disruption that can, you know, really challenge existing business models, um, you know, leaders in really progressive companies now are having to get really serious about what structures they put in place to try and, you know, create step change innovation. It's my, it's my belief that, you know, if you're a leader now in, a, in, a, in an organization, you have to kind of have a sort of business as usual and business as unusual structure. Um, you know, so some examples of that, you know, so out of um, uh, Denmark, um, Lego, uh, the, the, the iconic uh, toy brand, you know, have a future group who for about five years now have been focused on one thing, inventing the future of play. You know, they're, they're funded in a different way, they're structured in a different way, you know, and they are enabled to, to do um, uh, joint ventures with entrepreneurs, to, to source ideas from open source idea generation platforms from Joe Public and, uh, um, you know, to almost do whatever it takes to create step change products to marketplace in a quicker, faster time than what the traditional Lego mothership would be able to do. Or, you know, and I was out in Silicon Valley last week, you know, um, someone was telling me that there was the, the, the lady that leads the um, Silicon Valley bank who are a uh, bank and astonishing about 80% of all tech, VC backed technology firms in America are banked by one bank, Silicon Valley Bank. And the lady who heads up their corporate venture unit was saying there's now over 1,000 major brands who now have corporate venturing or corporate innovation units in Silicon Valley trying to tap into the new technologies, the new trends, you know, whether they're investing in these companies, doing JVs with these companies, trying their technologies. But, you know, they're very serious about trying to bring in fresh, new, different ways of thinking into their incumbent structures. Well, it really, the, uh, the, the world is being turned on its head, isn't it? You're absolutely right with that software piece it's just incredible isn't it how how much disruption as you say there is to traditional model, uh, business models and you know what do you do if you have all of those assets you know like all of those hotels you mentioned if, it, if you've got a got a fixed structure uh, yeah absolutely and i think i mean i think that the, the, the you know the, the challenge of big businesses now is i think you know the business model that's made a lot of big companies successful to date is probably highly unlikely to be the business model that sustains them for the next 10, 20 years or beyond. Uh, you know, and so you, know, you, you can't afford to close down the existing business right now because um, you know, obviously the, the existing business still does work and creates shareholder value. But this point about taking a bold stance in innovation, what do you do? What structure do you put in place? What process do you put in place that tries to bring in you know, really fresh new thinking, new business models, and really, you know, challenges the incumbent, incumbent, incumbent business. If you don't do that, I think the increasing chance is that somebody else is going to eat your lunch. Yeah. <laughs> now, now the, the next point I wanted just to talk about is uh, environment, because I know you've, you've said to me that um, leaders, um, successful leaders, they use the environment consciously and, and productively. And I know you've got a, an amazing example you could potentially share from your trip to the USA. So let's chat about environment. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think, you know, physical environment is probably the most underutilized asset that I see uh, my client companies and companies I visit um, uh, use. Because I think you know every business has to um, invest in physical space, and you know for a lot of companies, um, you know I, I would say you know you walk through the the the, the 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 foyer, and if you took the logo off 
from the reception desk, you would struggle to know what industry they're in, never mind what company they are. And I think what I've noticed with um, uh, high-performing, best-in-class organizations is they do the absolute opposite. They are extremely conscious about using their physical environment to bring to life their vision, their values, their history, their service excellence, ethos, stories, or whatever it takes. And so, you know, the, the, the example I, I think comes to mind a moment, Chris, she is, um, was I was in San Francisco uh, last Friday with um, Airbnb. And um, it, quite amazing what they've done. So what they've done is um, that each of their meeting rooms is the exact reproduction of an actual room that one of, the, of the, one of their Airbnb listings. Um, so to make that real, you walk down the corridor of Airbnb's head offices and you'll see a meeting room called Amsterdam. As you walk up to the meeting room, you'll see that it's called Amsterdam. You see a little picture of, of a... Of a uh, a living room uh, of an actual Airbnb listing in Amsterdam. You then walk into that meeting room, and it is an exact reproduction of that uh, of that living room, right the way down to the exact same items on the mantelpiece that are on the mantelpiece in the real listing. Um, so, just they have just been so creative about bringing into their physical environment the reality of the customers that they exist to serve, um, and I think. You know, a lot of companies could 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 really learn from that. Uh, um, uh, you know, another sort of example, you know, more historical example. I think I mentioned at the outset. You know, you walk around your Southwest Airlines um, iconic offices in 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 Dallas, Texas, at Love Field. You know, and you will see you know forty thousand photographs and uh, of every single party, every single marketing communication, every celebration in the company's history. You know, there's walls dedicated to retirees, walls dedicated to um, Southwest Airlines couples, walls you know dogs, pets, you you name it. But what is amazing is that if you walk into that organization into Southwest corridors. And I asked you after 30 seconds to say what's important to this company. The answer, which is people, shouts at you from every, every, every asset they own. Mm. I, I mean, those both examples, those examples are just brilliant examples of putting both you know, people uh, and your customers are also people right into the heart of your business and, and you know, being there thinking about them continuously, I guess. Uh, absolutely. And, and I, and I, I and it, you know, I think it doesn't have to also be, you know, done at huge cost. I mean, yeah, I mean, what Airbnb have done is amazing. And um, they, uh, you know, that's, you know, it's quite a big, big, big go. But if you could do something even, you know, um, lower cost than that, I was at Zappos um, in Vegas a couple of years ago, and they've just created something called the, the Stairway to Culture. Where they, you know, you just literally walk down the staircase, and on the stairs are um, are stories of, you know, little stories that Zappos employees have put up on the walls about, you know, um, what they love about working for the company and and it, what its values mean for them. And so, you know, at a very very low cost point, they've just taken a staircase and used it to bring stories to life. And you think, you know, why couldn't any company pretty much do that? Mm, brilliant. Well, environments are part of culture, and I know um, one of the. Uh, key sort of principles is that um, the great leaders are really uncompromising when it comes to cultural fit. So, you know, how do, from your your experiences, world-class leaders really approach that? Um, I, I think, you know, this is all about, um, you know, in, in my experience, leaders in great companies, you know, understand that fundamentally you have to have the right people on the bus, uh, you know, and they are uncompromising about how they go about uh, doing that. And also, you know, 
very creative about it. Um, you know, so I, I it, it, so I'll give you give you a couple of examples. Of what I mean on, on on both both ends of the spectrum. So on the on the creativity on the creativity end of life, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier about the sort of IKEA um, uh, create a better everyday life for the ordinary person. Um, I saw some IKEA adverts um, a couple of years back, which was used to recruit for new employees. And, and uh, one of the adverts was—it was actually they were in, they were they were in German. The adverts I saw, but the, the, the point is, is is not lost. So they, there was an advert which showed um, a car park outside of the I- IKEA store, you know, with reserve signs. And the, the the wording on the reserve signs was very simple. It said, first arrive in the morning, first arrive in the morning, first arrive in the morning. And similarly, there was a um, another advert they did, which was pictures of, a, of an IKEA um, lift shaft, you know, with the buttons in a, in a lift. And it just had floor number one, floor number one, floor number one. And the point that these adverts are making was that if, if hierarchical and... Um, you know, lots of literally physical layers in the head office are important to you, and sort of you know that that kind of status symbols are important to you. Don't even bother applying because IKEA it's about you know if you arrive first in the morning you get the parking space, and if you it's all about being on the first floor. A very sort of creative approach um, to sort of just advertising for the getting the right people on board. And, you know, similarly, um, you know, Zappos um, famously have the thing they call the offer. Which is made to all new new hires um, who've already experienced the company's deep dive training programs. After you've finished your, so I think it's about three month training program at Zappos, um, they will offer you money to leave if you're not convinced it is right for you. And uh, we had Tony Shea, the, the, the founder of Zappos, come over a few years ago, and he said, you know, they started off offering people $100, then it moved to $500, then it moved to $1,000. I need, I believe it's now um, uh, one month's salary. Um, and I believe indeed that you know uh, uh, Zappos was acquired by uh, Amazon a number of years ago, and Jeff Bezos has just implemented the uh, the pay to quit program in its fulfillment centres, which is offering uh, a similar sort of deal to 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 to, to those guys um, who work in the fulfillment centres. But the point here is about being really clear about you know if you are clear as an employee, this organisation is not right for you, be it at the end of a training period or whatever. You know you're better off paying the person to leave and to stick around because the cost to an organization of having somebody who doesn't get it, who is really, you know, could be almost like a a cancer to the organization. I think a bad attitude can be really cancerous. Um, You're much better off just calling it. Uh, Indeed, I, I, um, I met years ago with a chap called Dan Walker, who was the uh, uh, one of the HR chiefs at Apple, and he and he said in a kind of very un- uncompromising uh, manner, he said, um, "Adrian, he said my philosophy on this is really really simple. I'd rather have a hole than an asshole." And uh, you know, it was just like you know, just really really made the point that it is you know you've got to be absolutely sure you've got the right people on the bus. Be creative about how you get them on board, and if you get them on board and they're not right for you, either pay for them to leave or just make sure you get them out somehow. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting how you know one of these this, this sort of disruptive uh, influences that have been happening. You know, are doing you know things that really kind of equalise the the workplace for individuals. I remember in my early career working for big companies and you know fearing going up in the lift up to the senior executive floor. You know, being greeted by a, a tough PA who was uh, <laughs> wanted to know why you were there. And then you got um, had to sit and wait in a little waiting area, and then maybe you get to see the person that you wanted to see. Yeah. And then I went and worked for Mars uh, for seven years, and you know, the first thing that hit me was the uh, you know the managing director, the sales director, the like had a desk a similar size to me, and <laughs> I could see them physically sitting at their desk and walk across if I wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. 
very absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you know, you walk. I say, and I've privileged to go into you know many many leading companies now around the world, and um, you know, it, it is very very normal now that they 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 are open plan, open access, and it's about collaboration and about, you know, free flow of information. And in many of the companies I go visit, you know, you just wouldn't even know where, where there isn't an executive floor. You, know, you just wouldn't know. You, even, you wouldn't even know because they're dressed the same as everybody else. And it's just about, you know, being kind of, um, you know, one company, one culture. Yeah. We've got a couple of minutes uh, to a commercial break, but I, I love the, the sound of the next one, which is Brilliant Basics and Magic Touches. Uh, what's that about? Um, this is really about, um, uh, you know, the brilliant basics, I think, is something that a lot of companies overlook, which is they talk about, you know, delivering service excellence. But if you can't even get the basics of your business right, it's very, very hard to do that. And I think I was sharing a story with you, Chris, that, you know, a couple of years ago, um, Wavelength moved our, our uh, offices and it took our bank one year to get the mailing address altered on their systems you know and you just think mm. if you can't even do that then then um you know what chance do you have to actually then uh, wow me with great service so i think the, the point is don't overlook the 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 the, the, the magic moment magic um the brilliant basics you've got to get the basics right but in terms of you know magic touches then 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 you know you what you what you be there for is looking to create an environment where employees can go absolutely over and above what it you know what would be standard to our customer you know so my favorite example of this recently is um the Ritz Carlton hotel company um there was a fantastic story of a couple who went to stay in one of the hotels with their young son um uh, they stayed a great holiday but when they got back to their absolute horror um Joshy the the giraffe their son's favorite giraffe had been left at the hotel so the father you know says don't worry uh, you know Joshy's just having an extended holiday um rings up the hotel tells them this story and you know please please find find a giraffe you know thankfully thankfully Joshy was found by the by the hotel staff and they sent Joshy back to to the to, to the little boy to his family they didn't just send Joshy back they sent a photo album of Joshy having a massage, Joshy in the pool on a, on a lilo, Joshy having a cocktail at the bar, you know, and just brought to life for this young boy the fact that Joshy the giraffe had had um, an extended holiday, you know, and that story went viral, went around the world, you know, those sort of magic touches, which is, you know, how do you, you know, every Ritz-Carlton employee has, you know, $2,000 to solve a customer's problem. He didn't even need that. It was just creative thinking to absolutely wow it, you know, a true, true magic touch. And I bet they had... I bet the employees uh, who did that had a wonderful time doing it, uh, which Absolutely. was very motivating. And then what, what a story to, to share across the company as well. Absolutely. And we're talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. That story's gone viral. And you know, the point of that is, of course, is you know, that story will be retold within the Ritz Carlton um, structure. They'll come and talk about their lineup structure shortly. And, you know, and, and, and it, it means that every Ritz Carlton employee around the world will have heard that story, giving them a terms reference to what does a magic touch look like, inspiring them to do the same you know, for a customer. Because you just could not put in a training manual, you know, if, if child leaves giraffe at hotel, this is what you should do. You know, you've got to you know, leave it to the creativity of the people, and then when they are creative, celebrate it, recognise it, and spread the stories. Wonderful. Well, we're going to go to commercial break again now, and after the break, we're going to talk about uh, getting on first name terms and about how uh, great leaders um, uh, communicate, etc. So, do join us after the break. We should be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? 
Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Adrian Simpson. If you're enjoying, um, if you enjoy these shows, I uh, do uh, subscribe to the newsletter at uh, chriscooper.co.uk, and I give you all the information on upcoming shows and uh, and share different thoughts and uh, that I've had listening to a wonderful guests like Adrian. So um, I'd just like to um, move on now and chat about um, being on first name terms with colleagues and customers because that was another principle you mentioned to me. You know how. Uh, how close should you get as the leader? Um, I think there shouldn't be any gap between you as a leader and actually your your, your customers. Um, I, I think that the you know the story that that really brought this to life for me uh, just so powerfully. Um, only only a week ago, I was up at uh, in Portland, Oregon, uh, with an amazing um, uh, bank called Umpqua Bank, um, whose positioning is the world's greatest bank. Um, and if you R- r- ring them up and they will answer the phone welcome to the world's greatest bank chris speaking um you know really sort of put it out there in terms of challenging uh, uh you know what banks can be about and they've got over 390 stores nearly 400 stores now on the west coast of america and in every single store um one of the key features is a telephone and uh, on that telephone is three buttons and button number one that any customer can walk up to and press takes you straight through to the president and ceo of the company and that's what the button is labeled as. You know, and, and if Ray Davis is at his desk, he will answer it personally. Um, and if he's not at his desk, his, his assistant will answer it and arrange a time that's convenient for you to him call him back. You know, so he's just completely, I think, really challenged. I've never seen a, a CEO perhaps challenge uh, the assumptions of being accessible as much as what Ray has, which is saying, you know, you've got a point of view. If you're unhappy, you've got a point of view about this company. 
You just walk into my stores, pick up the phone, press button one, and you're straight through to me. You know, it's completely removing any barrier at all between him as the CEO being absolutely, totally aware about what, ha- what is happening at the front line of his business in the stores with his customers. That's amazing. Also, what I guess that does is it, it will motivate uh, employees to make sure they get the basics right. Absolutely. Well, you imagine what it's like, you know, as a, you imagine if you are uh, an employee of Umqua Bank and you are serving a customer and it's perhaps not going great um, and you are looking over their shoulder and you can see the silver phone with <laughs> President's, President's CEO as <laughs> button number one, um, how motivated and, and, you know, and empowered you would feel to actually solve that customer's problem first time absolutely right um you know so i think yeah the point is it you know it's not only does it tell the customer that you're you know they're, they're, it's an incredibly transparent and clear company you know if I, if I have a problem here i can speak to the to the guy in charge but also it's a real as you say a motivator for, for employees to make sure they get it right first time and probably wow the customer in ways that they can't imagine and what a marketplace right for the world's greatest bank to announce itself absolutely 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 Absolutely. But I mean, another, you know, uh, example, you know, another, and I think just as a business to business example, I think it's also important as well to look at, you know, this in terms of how do you do this if perhaps you don't have, you know, what you would appear to be face to face interactions with customers every day. So, so Intuit, um, the, the, who are out of um, uh, Silicon Valley, um, who, you know, make QuickBooks and TurboTax, these products, um, you know, Brad D. Smith, the, the CEO there, has this sort of a saying, you know, if you, if you want to walk in your customer's shoes, you better take your own off first, um, which I think is a great quote. And, you know, and they have these, you know, Intuit, they call them follow me home programs, where I was reading an article, you know, that said a, a few years ago, over 10,000 hours uh, in one year, Intuit employees spent literally going to the homes of Intuit's customers who are small business owners running micro businesses, sometimes, you know, just one person at home or two or three employees, you know, looking at how they lived, how they worked, how they spent the time, what was important to them, so they could really, really build a true understanding of the world in which those customers operate, which would inform how then they would go about developing the software packages. And indeed, this Business Week article cited that Brad D. Smith, as the CEO of Intuit, had spent over 60 hours himself that year in the homes of customers on the Follow Me Home programs. Wow, that's amazing. It is, and it's just, you know, really just puts you, if it, you know, if customer centricity is important to you, you know, as leaders, then, you know, you, you have to be really, really sure that you understand what's going on at the coalface, and it's not, I think, filtered through layers and layers of management. You know, you need to really make the time to really put yourself, you know, in, in your customer's shoes. Now, also, you mentioned that um, that great leaders create systems of relentless communication. Uh, now, you know, how do they do that, and what's, what's the definition of relentless? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, I'm not. I, I, I'm gonna. You know, I think in, in, in the interest of time, I'm gonna just you know j- jump jump to my favorite example, which is you know the, the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company. I, I mentioned them a couple of times. You know, a, a brilliant organization, 87 hotels, 29 countries, 35,000 employees. You know, and they have a fantastic process called the lineup. Um, and what the lineup does is it means that in every single hotel, every single shift. Every single day, and not just in the hotel, but also in the corporate offices in Washington, D.C., which is also crucially important, there is a 15-minute communication process that cascades information 
around the globe, the company it talks about variously you know, what's happening globally. Are they opening a new hotel in Dubai that the Asian gentlemen should be aware of? Um, what's happening in the hotel that day? So you know they'll say, oh, it's you know Chris Cooper's going to be here today with his wife. It's their twenty fifth anniversary, and they've got you know their preferences Coke versus Pepsi in their fridges. Or if you see we've got the Ford Motor Company here today, so if you see someone walking down the corridor and they've got a wearing a Ford badge and they're in the King Suite, you know you, you know where to, where to direct them to. If they're looking a little bit lost. You know, right down to, I believe it's every sixth day, they will also tell a wow service story. So they will tell a story like that of the Joshi and the giraffe, um, of a Ritz-Carlton lady and gentleman from around the world who has gone over and above the normal to wow a customer. You see, if you think about Relentless, you know, every single shift, every single hotel, every single day, you know, the the, the, the ladies and gentlemen have been taken through, you know, those service basics, um, you know, those that that key global information and, and you know, and every fifth, sixth day, uh, a, a, a wow story. So it's, it's really ensuring, you know, that every single person has the right information at the right time to do their job to the best of their ability. That's a wonderful example and, you know, how I, I, I sometimes work with companies and I'm trying to motivate the, uh, the leaders or departmental leaders to have a meeting once a month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and they think that is quite radical. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think with the also the you know with the Ritz Carlton story, I think it's going to emphasise the point. What's crucially important there is uh, those. It's modelled the way at the corporate offices, which is you know the leaders have said, look, this is so important, so so important that you know. 15 minutes a day should be devoted to communication of this type that we as the CEO and the executive team are going to do this, you know, and it's, and what's also lovely about it is it's not done by the most senior person in the room. They have a, uh, it's done in alphabetical order. So, you know, someday it might be the receptionist at the corporate head office in Ritz-Carlton in, in, in Washington, D.C., who is leading the lineup, or it could be the, you know, a, a maid uh, who's, you know, uh, working in a local hotel could be doing it. So it's done on a very democratic basis as well, which also, you know, creates opportunity for that employee to be creative about how they tell it information. So, but it's the, the point that, you know, if you're serious about it, you've got to model the way, you've got to do it as an executive team, as well as just, you know, saying, oh, this is important, you do it, but actually we're too busy. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's congruent, isn't it? It's right Absolutely. From right from the top. Um, I, I um, just want to just want to talk about um, the, I think it was about the eighth point that you mentioned to me when we were chatting, um, which was about leaders really looking after themselves and building resilience in themselves and in others. Um, what are your observations around that? Yeah, I, again, I think, Chris, I think the uh, thing I notice here, you know, is that, is that, that leaders now, I think, are increasingly being asked to do, you know, more, um, you know, with less uh, in, in, a, in a quicker time frame in, in a more complex world. And, you know, uh, I think that the, the reality of quite a lot of leaders is something's likely to give and, you know, it couldn't be their sort of mental health and sort of well-being. And so, what what I think a lot of the enlightened leaders I've meeting in 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 some some of the best companies I've met are doing is it's just getting very very serious about um, as, as one leader I met put it she said you know I've realised one thing I've got a finite amount of time I haven't got a finite amount of energy um, this is what I do to manage my energy and you know some of the things that the leaders do to manage their energy is you know they're getting real about you know do they need a do they need a mentor. 
Um, you know, do they have someone to talk to who could really, you know, help them nut through complex problems? You know, do they have a coach who could help them really sort of understand how they can be the best that they can be? You know, do they structure uh, into their working week, you know, one day to work from home or they're really, really clear with their peers that they will be finishing at four o'clock to go and pick up their kids up or, or whatever it is. But they're getting very, very clear about, you know, where they get their energy from. And, and, and really managing that in a sort of sort of complex, in a, in a, in a sort of um, structured way. I mean, I think another part of this is uh, uh, wavelength. One of the things that we talk about is um, there's a wonderful lady called Dr. Zella King in our network who talks about the concept of the, the personal boardroom, you know, and actually managing your networks and not networking. And, you know, she talks about, you know, what great leaders do is they have, you know, literally imagine a physical boardroom. And I said to you, right, Chris, there's 10 seats around that boardroom. You know, who's your chief connector? Who's your influencer? Who's your nerve giver? You know, but one of those people might be the energy giver, which is actually who is it in your network, in your personal boardroom, who could really give you, you know, gives you energy, gives you confidence, you know, or if you're really stuck, gives you that kind of that lift. And again, being really, you know, cognitive of that point and saying, oh I, oh, I know who that person is. And you're going to make sure that, you know, you touch base with them on a regular basis, whether it's a, whether it's as formal as a mentoring relationship or just, you know, for regular cups of coffee. Um, but, you know, that, that it's, it's about uh, what, I, what I'm seeing is leaders getting very, very uh, clear that in this world, you have to be very, very cognitive about how you manage your energy. Yeah. M- makes a huge amount of, huge amount of sense. Otherwise um, you can become uh, another one of the victims of burnout. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think you know. I think I think we've had a number of leaders talk to this uh, to, to wavelength groups in the last last year or two, and I think you know mental health at work. Um, somebody said it was a, it was a bit like sort of coming out was to 20 years ago you know sort of you know that it's the started to be a bit of a sea change now that people I think is thankfully starting to feel it's it's okay to perhaps to say I'm not okay and actually you know to, to ask openly for for a bit more but there's still a long long way to go um, but you know some of the more enlightened leaders I'm seeing are, are getting getting very structured around it. Do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with? Um, yeah I mean I think I think um, my final message would be, you know, is that leaders in sort of, you know, the best in class companies I've seen around the world are, are very open, uh, you know, very curious and, and they need to be in an ever changing world. And I think, you know, the, the, the sort of the, the, the thought I'd leave everyone with is, you know, is, is where as a leader are you looking to, you know, to anticipate change, you know, in your business and, and get that kind of stimulus and that kind of inspiration? And I think for a lot of us, our, the answers are our calendars, you know, you know, who are you spending time with, um, on what topics, you know, where are you traveling? You know, what are you reading? Um, you know, who's in your personal boardroom? You know, to say, to, 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 so I think the final thought is to really be cognitive about how as a leader you're keeping yourself fresh, inspired, you know, and really aware of what's happening in the world so you can best adapt to it as and when it comes. Well, Adrian, uh, you've certainly uh, kept us and, uh, and me feeling uh, inspired. Uh, I think some of the, the points that you've made are just... Um, hugely hugely valuable for anybody out there who has a business and wants to do things differently and you know as you identify that that there's a lot of disruption today and the standard norms of doing business have changed and you know the organizations you talk about put people first uh, and create uh, engaging environments Um, so thank you so much for being on the show today I think that's been been hugely hugely valuable 
Absolute pleasure. Really appreciate the opportunity, Chris. You're very, very welcome. If you want to find out more about Adrian Simpson, uh, go to uh, thesamewavelength.com. That's thesamewavelength.com. If you've got any questions or feedback, you can send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk or the, uh, the Be More, Achieve More email address mentioned. Um, the next show, um, during the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be repeating a couple of very popular shows, uh, the show with Frank Finesse on how to sell in business today. And then former world champion speaker Darren LaCroix on owning the show because I'm going to enjoy some holiday time at home with my family. And our next new news show will be the incredible Janet Switzer, author of Instant Income and co-author of The Success Principles with Jack Canfield. She's going to talk about instant income strategies that bring in cash for small businesses, innovative employees and occasional entrepreneurs. Once again, a huge thank you to um, Adrian Simpson and to everybody who's listening. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week.